0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today.
1: The Bible teaches that all of us have an appointment with a thing called death. I want to give you, as we begin, three unbiblical views of the afterlife. The first in your notes is reincarnation. This is after you die, and there's some people who believe this. They believe that after you die, that you simply return in another form of life. The second unbiblical belief is annihilation. And that's where they say that's all, folks. That when you die, you die. That's it. There is no life after death. This is all there is to life is this life. The third is universalism. And that's the belief that it's all good. That no matter who you are, uh, that when you die, that somehow, eventually, we're all going to make it to heaven. So you have nothing to worry about. But I want you to know that all three of those are unbiblical viewpoints of life after death. The Bible is the highest authority to speak on the subject of life after death. Jesus, who is the resurrected one, is the most qualified to address this subject of what happens life after death. Okay, let me tell you what's going to happen three seconds after you die. Number one, write this down. You will be more alive than ever before. That's number one. And what I mean by that is while your relatives and your friends will be in shock and disbelief, when your family is weeping and mourning and crying and they're planning your funeral, when they're doing that, you will be more awake, more aware, more alive than ever before. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8, to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Three seconds after you die, your future will be irrevocably fixed. At that moment when you die, you'll either be enjoying a personal welcome from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, who will say to you, Well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into your master's happiness. Or you will be catching your first glimpse of eternity. Full of gloom and doom as you've never imagined or ever known. Either way, your eternal destiny will be irrevocably fixed. There's no changing at that point. I want to read to you this story that Jesus tells. In Luke chapter 16, starting with verse 19. Some people think that this is just a parable that Jesus just made up. But the people who've studied this, the scholars believe that this is not just a parable, some story that Jesus made up. Because in all the parables, Jesus never used someone's name. And here, when Jesus tells this story, he uses a specific name. That this is a story that Jesus told because he knew this story was real. But here's the story in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen... And the Bible says he lived in luxury every single day. But out at his gate was a a beggar by the name of what? Lazarus. And Lazarus, according to the Bible, was covered with sores. And he was longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. He was just looking for some crumbs. And even the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22, at the time came when the beggar, Lazarus, he died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. And the Bible says that the rich man also died. But he was buried. And the Bible says in verse 23, this is in the Bible, in hell where he was in torment. And he looked up and he saw Abraham. Far away with... Who, who's that? that's that's the guy that used to lie at my gate. That's Lazarus. What's he doing up there? Verse 24. So he called out to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. I know that guy. Send Lazarus to dip the tip, just the tip of his finger, just to dip it in some water and touch my tongue, cool my tongue, because I'm in agony in this fire. Verse 25. Abraham said, Son, Son remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things and how he Lazarus is comforted here and you are in agony and then he says these words and besides all of this even if Lazarus wanted to come down there between us and you is a great chasm and it has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot nor can anyone cross over from there to us. A great chasm has been fixed. Number three, write this down. Three seconds after you die, every earthly accomplishment will become irrelevant. On that day, in a twinkling of an eye, when you pass from this life into the next, all of your earthly, secular accomplishments, your fame, your trophies your stocks your possessions they all become irrelevant hebrews 9 27 says just as man is destined to die once and after that he will face the judgment and at that moment god is not going to ask you about what kind of car you drove he's not going to ask you what size of house you lived in he's not going to ask you how how high up the corporate ladder were you able to climb And all that again is just Jesus telling us that wealth and accomplishments and accolades have nothing to do with your standing before God. Now I have to say this, there's nothing wrong with having money. As long as you acknowledge that God is the source of your earthly blessings. The sin was not being wealthy. The sin was being self-centered and ignoring the needs of Lazarus on his doorstep every day. I praise God for people who honor God with their wealth. I have to say this. Most of us are wealthy here today. If you're sitting in a chair right now and you're wearing clothes and you had breakfast and you're going to have lunch and somehow you got here in a car or you walked or a train or a bus or however you got here, helicopter, I don't know how you got here. But if you're here today and you're sitting in a chair and you're breathing and you live in the United States of America and you have freedom to bring your Bible in this church, I'm talking about every single one. You're all wealthy. You're the wealthiest people in the world. Every one of you. Number four, write this down. Even if you have to shake while you write it. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to end up in hell. You're going to end up there. The Bible says in verse 23, in hell, where he was in torment he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side I've already read this verse 24 so he called to them father Abraham have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in some water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this f-i-r-e now the purpose of this message is not hear me clearly it's not to explain to you all about hell Most churches stop teaching about hell altogether. In fact, you can't even go to a church in America today and hear a sermon on hell. Trust me or don't trust me. You don't have to trust me. Trust me or don't trust me. But trust the Word of God. And the Bible speaks of a place of eternal torment. When you go to hell, no one's leaving. Nobody's getting out. And nobody's laughing either. It's reserved for those who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Lord. Now, there's always people, I hear them all the time, they go, well, that, you know, that says that in the Bible, but that's just all symbolism. It's just that fire, that torment, and that agony. That's, just, that's symbolism. I want you to write this down. Usually, reality is greater than a symbol. If, if it's just symbolic... You need to understand that the reality is much... When we take communion, we take communion. You took communion, you had a little piece of bread, and communion, that's symbolic. Well, which is greater, the symbol or Jesus himself? Which is greater? Yeah, the symbol is just a symbol, but the reality is always greater than the symbol. Don't make the mistake of saying, well, it's not going to be that bad. I guess it'll be kind of bad. I guess I'll get through it. I I mean, me and my... We'll get through it. I I know... I know it's not going to be what I want, but I'll get through it. Oh, listen, don't don't be a fool. It will be a zillion times worse than you can possibly imagine. If you reject the love of Christ, you're going to live forever in a place where there is no love. If you reject God's mercy here today, and if you reject God's grace here today, you're going to end up in a place where there is no grace and there is no mercy. But if fire and torment and agony, that's either literal or it's symbolic. And if it's symbolic, know this, the reality is much greater than the symbol. Number five, aren't you glad you came to church? If you know Jesus, you get to go to heaven. Oh, and that's why I came to tell you. If you, you... Not the person sitting next to you. You. If you know Jesus, you get to go to heaven three seconds after you die. In our story, the man who lived in luxury every day did not have a personal relationship with God. Therefore, he ended up in the place of torment. Who was it that ended up in heaven? Lazarus. Now, if you look at the text in verse 20 and 21... This man had absolutely nothing. The Bible says that he was a beggar. He was a man who was sick. The Bible says that he was covered in sores. He was a man who was desperate because he was longing to eat what fell off the rich man's table. And I will tell you this, he was hard to look at. The Bible says that the dogs were licking his sores. He smelled. He was emaciated. They took his body after he died and threw it over into the garbage pit. But he had faith. And God recognized his faith. Because in the text, he ends up in heaven. I think when you get to heaven, you're going to be surprised when you look around and see all the people that are there. Like, how did he get in here? (laughs) There was a man in the Bible who committed adultery and murder. But he repented of his sins. There's a, a man in heaven, he was a professional thief, his whole life, all he did was steal. He was a professional thief. He was one of the two guys on the two crosses next to Jesus when Jesus died. And the thief said, remember me. And Jesus looked over the thief and said, today you will be with me in paradise. There will be a prostitute up there by the name of Rahab. There's a man going to be in heaven who used to kill Christians. He's going to be there. A man named Saul. There's a worldly jailer in Acts chapter 16. He and his whole household are going to be there. What do all these people have in common? They're all pretty bunch of hardcore, terrible people, but they all came to put their faith in Jesus Christ. And therefore, they got to go to heaven. (laughs) The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, if anyone, say anyone. anyone. I mean anyone, look around. I see you. If anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled to, through, through Christ. That's how you're going to get in. I want to say something, and some of you are not going to believe what I'm going to say, and some of you are going to say, you're blaspheming but don't say that until you hear the whole page. Let me explain. Did you know that in order for you to go to heaven that you have to be perfect? It's true. (laughs) Listen carefully. You are not going to get in unless you're perfect. You say, well, how perfect do I have to be? You have to be as perfect as God. You say, well, that's impossible. Well, in and of yourself, you would be correct. But here's what the Bible teaches. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. The Bible says God made him, that's Jesus, God made Jesus who had no sin. Jesus was the only perfect person who ever lived. And God made Jesus who had no sin to be sin for us so that in jesus we might become the righteousness of god you of in and of yourself we're all sinners we're not getting in it's impossible the only way you can get in is if you're perfect well that's impossible you're right the only one who's perfect is jesus and god made him who knew no sin, to be sin, so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. So when Jesus died, stay with me, when Jesus went to the cross, God took all of your sin, and He took all of my sin, and He put that sin on Jesus. And Jesus died, He took our sins on that cross, so that when God looks down and sees us, He doesn't see our sin. He sees the righteousness of God that came from Jesus Christ because we're in Him. Now, three seconds after you die, if you're a Christian, write this down. It will be worth it all. Whatever you had to give up to become a Christian will be worth it all. You do know that when you become a Christian, you have to give up some things. I think some of you are confused. (laughs) I think some of you think you can become a Christian, just keep living the way you've always lived. No, you cannot do that. Jesus said these words in Matthew 16. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, you have to deny yourself. You have to take up your cross. I took up my cross. I died on the cross for you. I gave up everything for you. When you become a Christian, you have to give up everything. And take up your cross and follow me. And then Jesus said this in verse 25. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will actually find it. And what he's saying is this: is whatever you give up, it's going to be worth it. I mean, you're saying, well, you mean I gotta, I can't, I, I gotta get, I can't keep going to clubs. I can't become a Christian and just, I can keep going to clubs, can I? No, 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 no. You can't. Jesus said, if anyone come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You have to give up some things. You might have to give up your old way of life. You might have to give up your old friends. You might have to give up some words that you used to use. You no longer use those words. There's some places you used to go. Now you get saved. You don't keep going to those places because you're saved now. You say, I don't know if I want to go. Oh, listen, it'll be worth it. All you got to do is read the last Two chapters of the Bible. It's a big book. But just read the last two chapters. It tells you all about heaven. And when you read all about heaven, and you realize that in order to follow Christ, you've got to deny yourself and take up your cross, I don't care what you give up in this world, when you get to heaven, it will all be worth whatever you gave up. Some of you don't sound convinced. Wayne Smith was an old time preacher and he died. He, he probably pr- preached at more funerals than any preacher who's ever lived. And he always, at the end of the service, when the casket was there, at the very end, he would say, if this person could talk, he would say these four lines Grieve not for me, nor let one teardrop fall what you dream of i can see and friends tis worth it all and i want you to know that when you stand before god three seconds after you die it will all be worth it if you've been following jesus christ here on this earth three seconds after you die it will be four seconds too late for you to trust in jesus as your lord and savior Gonna be four seconds too late. Some of you say, Well, I don't know if I want to come and do all this right now. I mean, I'm not him. I said, No, I have I gotta think through this. What are you thinking about? Remember, we just talked about this chasm when you die, your your eternity is irrevocably fixed. You're either in heaven or hell, and you can't once you go, once you die, that's it. You can't, like, oh, I want to go here now. No. You got to decide now. And he said that there's this chasm and and, and those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from here to us. And then he answered in verse 27, Then I beg you, Father, if Lazarus cannot dip the tip of his finger and come down here and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in in this fire, if you're telling me he can't come here, can you send Lazarus to my father's house For I have five relatives. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. See, all of a sudden the rich man understands the importance of the now. The Bible says these words in Hebrews 3 verse 15. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your what? And what he means by that is that if you've been sitting here today and there has been anything in this message that has caused you to pause and to think about your life, do not wait till next week or next month or the next time you come to church. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Because when you say no, when you say no, or when you say, ah, I'll think about it, I'll do it later, your heart becomes a little bit more hard and the next time will not be easier the next time it will even be more difficult to reach you because you said no today today if you've heard his voice do not harden your hearts it's a blessing
0: for us to bring this program to you every day we exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts Four seven seven seven. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, he would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing his people to take possession of the promised land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today you will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.